The following interview originally aired on KPOV 88.9 on the Tuesday Point. You can listen to The Point on KPOV each weekday at 9 a.m. on 88.9 FM in Central Oregon and kpov.org. Joining us to talk about all of this is Jessica Campbell from Rural Organizing Project. Jessica is a co-director of the Rural Organizing Project, a statewide organization that she'll tell us a little bit about. Jessica has studied militia, patriot, and white nationalist groups extensively and presented workshops about them all over Oregon. Jessica, welcome to The Point. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. So we mentioned that you're from the Rural Organizing Project. Can you tell us a little bit? I know Rural Rural Organizing Project has been on The Point a few times, but can you tell us a little bit about what Rural Organizing is and does? Yeah, so the Rural Organizing Project, really, our heart and soul is our, right now, 74 all-volunteer autonomous groups that make up our network across the state. And uh, we, as an organization, were really formed out of a moment where the religious right in the early 90s was going after LGBTQ folks, going after people of color, and it was very clear that it was it was needed to create some sort of an organization that would share resources, share analysis, and break rural and uh, isolation between folks who are fighting for justice and human dignity in their communities. So we are now 74 groups strong, and uh, our groups tell us what to do as an organization and shape our program and our priorities and tell us as staff organizers what we should be doing to support their capacity building, so they're doing strong local organizing. All right, strong local rural organizing. That's something we definitely all need. Um, So, Jessica, one of the things um, ROP has been working on is uh, white nationalists, militia groups, um, patriot groups. Can you tell us a little bit about that work and what those groups are doing here in Oregon? Sure. Yeah, so we first started, well, Actually, we first heard about paramilitaries forming in Oregon, at least I did, um, when I was on the road as an ROP organizer in early 2012. And it was very clear, it was in a community in Western Lane County, that multiple uh, members of the community were really terrified after there was a pretty brutal murder and it took the sheriff's deputies over six hours to get out to their community. Um, and folks didn't know each other. They were hollering at each other. Was this person who had just murdered their neighbor wandering around, clearly having a mental health breakdown, um, wandering around town, and folks were just yelling over their back fences to each other. And so a group out of Junction City that's now defunct called the Oregon Rangers came to town and told them what they needed to do was form a militia, that they couldn't rely on the county government that they couldn't rely on police and that they needed to do it themselves and that they believe they knew who belonged in their community and who did not. And folks went along with it because they were pretty desperate. And it wasn't until the Oregon Rangers told them that it was their job to patrol the national forests for undocumented people and brown people cooking mess that they were like, whoa, 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 what did we sign up for here? This doesn't sound right. Um, and they ultimately ended up disbanding their paramilitary when we actually saw there was some good progressive community organizing that was pretty basic, like form a community newsletter and form a regular community meeting point in time where folks could come together and problem solve together. Now, uh, more recently, 
we had a couple of mobilizations of militia and paramilitary, so-called Patriot Folks, to rural Oregon. Probably the most well-known is the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge occupation. Um, but before that, a year earlier, they did. It was very similar. The same crew, minus the Bundys, who occupied a gold mine out in Josephine County. And what we really saw was that in Josephine County, a county where they had really lost so many scraps of public infrastructure from their libraries being privatized to, uh, you know, smaller towns dissolving their police forces, we saw that paramilitaries were the structure that were being offered, and it was an entry point into a movement that was far right, that was actually not rooted in politics of inclusion, but instead exclusion and knowing who belongs in your community and who doesn't, and running folks out of town who you disagree with. And so we really dove in during that first mobilization and really supported folks in Josephine County who were, you know, just trying to figure out how to keep people connected. And they realized that there's actually national organizations that were resourcing these local chapters that were claiming that these were local issues. But instead, it was really tied to the anniversary of the Bundy Ranch standoff in Nevada, and it was about media attention and recruiting and fundraising. So why does the development of these groups cause you concern? There's uh, a number of reasons. I mean, it's one thing to have a political group with different politics that disagree with mine. You know, we live in a free country. We have the First Amendment. But when... The First Amendment is screened as a selective process of whose First Amendment matters more. And these paramilitary groups have been not just having opinions, but they've been actively armed, training folks, and promoting politics about who belongs and who doesn't, and it's often racialized, it's often anti-LGBTQ, it's often anti-immigrant and anti-refugee, Islamophobic. You know, there's all of these narratives at play. And so when they become the de facto police force, you know, there's no accountability. This is a structure that doesn't have an elected body that we can vote on. And beyond that, we're also seeing various layers of the uh, paramilitary leadership and patriot movement leadership vie for serious political power, running sheriffs, running county commissioners. There were folks, actually, there was a paramilitary leader who was running for chair of the Oregon GOP, the Oregon Republican Party, last round, and thankfully he lost. But, (laughs) you know, these are folks who really have a lot of alignment, actually, with the Republican platform right now and are really looking at how do they actually take their politics from the margins to the mainstream. All right, and there was a. Uh, there's been a recent development with uh, a white nationalist groups, I believe, in in Oregon uh, that that you're also concerned about. Can you talk about that? Sure. Yeah. So there's the Dorchester Conference, and it happens every year. Uh, it attracts a certain brand of Republican, and it you know it used to be like you know Senator Smith would go to that. Um, this year, Greg Walden spoke at it alongside Roger Stone, who has been, you know, pretty pivotal to the Trump campaign in different moments. And also, uh, Roger Stone has been hanging with the Patriot Movement um, and white nationalists. And it's 
there's a photo that's going around right now. Alex Jones of InfoWars posted up on Twitter a photo of Roger Stone after the conference sitting down with a bunch of Proud Boys, which is a white nationalist group that is mostly young men on college campuses, giving a white power symbol. And so they're all at dinner in Salem afterwards. And this is a conference that Greg Walden spoke at. It's a conference that a Fox News commentator spoke at. And militias were explicitly on the agenda of the conference program. So what what is it's white nationalism, and how to what extent is that embedded in these militia and patriot groups and movements? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, white nationalism really is rooted in uh, folks who believe that white folks should have their own nation or ethnostate, and that other folks of other ethnicities should have their own ethnostate. So it's this idea that we cannot actually live as communities that are racially integrated and that we would all do better if we were somehow separate. Um, and a lot of these groups, like the Patriot Movement, isn't necessarily explicitly white nationalist. They have a lot of members and a lot of leadership that are white nationalists, but themselves as a movement isn't necessarily. Um, and they often cozy up to people of color, for example, who are, you know, pretty marginal. There's very few people of color in their movement, but they do a lot of trying to put those folks forward to really demonstrate, hey, we're not racist. Um, but we're also seeing in Oregon not just a growing patriot movement, but also a really growing white nationalist movement. We have open neo-Nazis who are on, you know, there's a guy who just got recalled from the Oregon State University Student Senate um, who was openly neo-Nazi. He's been, you know, photographed in front of neo-Nazi like, flags, Sig Heiling. I mean, it just doesn't get any more blatant uh, about his politics there. And then there's multiple folks across the state who are reporting to us at ROP that they're seeing uh, just huge amounts of swastikas and anti-Semitic uh, graffiti, that there's Jewish community members who are being targeted in ways that they haven't seen since the late 80s and early 90s. And it's coinciding with, you know, we're seeing that Oregon now has a new national socialist movement chapter that just got restarted by a gentleman named Kynan Dutton, who was made famous by his a documentary called Welcome to Leaf, where he went with David Cobb, another really famous neo-Nazi, to try and take over Leaf, North Dakota, which is a very, very small town. He's actually from Oregon. He's moved back. He's organizing here. So uh, there's, like, multiple facets of movements that are growing within the context of what's happening in Oregon right now. And they're absolutely networking at places like this Dorchester conference. We've been talking about white developments, white nationalist developments of concern here in Oregon. Um, Jessica, you, you you've brought up a lot, gone into a lot of detail about the various rumblings with not white nationalists and militia and patriot groups here in Oregon. Do you have concern about these groups gaining real political and government power in the state? Okay. <laughs> the short answer is yes. Uh, we have seen that they have a pretty serious candidate recruitment process and a candidate grouping, grooming process. And thankfully, progressives also seem to be really upping their game, which is exciting to see. But nonetheless, you know, we have 
uh, constitutional sheriffs who are in office right now, who are card-carrying, award-winning uh, sheriffs who are part of this movement. And then we have folks who are running for office who, you know, there's a Josephine County sheriff's candidate who has moved from Maricopa County where he was under Joe Arpaio. He has Joe Arpaio's uh, endorsement even. Can you just tell us quickly? Can you just tell us quick? Yeah, I was wondering if you can tell us quickly who Joe Arpaio is and why that is of concern. Oh, yeah. So Sheriff Arpaio was made famous for his so-called cost-saving measures of putting people in open-air prisons. So they're kind of concentration camps, and his folks even call them concentration camps. Um, and he also used sheriff's flossies that w- would racially profile people. And he has been brought up by the Department of Justice on multiple charges over and over again. And uh, Trump just recently pardoned him. Uh, So Joe Arpaio really kind of used and abused his powers as sheriff uh, to racially profile, especially undocumented folks in Arizona. So this sheriff's candidate who's running in Josephine County actually has this guy's endorsement and is really kind of riding on his coattails, hoping to win the Josephine County Sheriff's uh, race. Uh, so we're really seeing a lot of that kind of stuff happening where it's clear that Oregon isn't just a place where we have homegrown kind of right-wing white nationalist or anti-immigrant or patriot candidates who are aspiring for office, but we also have a little bit of a target on us, at least on the West Coast, to where folks want to move here in order to run and win here, and they see it's Oregon as part of their base. Why, why do you suppose they see Oregon as fertile ground? I think that there's a lot of reasons why Oregon is fertile ground. Uh, You know, Oregon has a history of white supremacy that goes back to even Oregon's constitution had that it was illegal for black people to live here uh, until the early 2000s. Um, So we have a history of, you know, we had a Klan governor. There's still buildings with Walter Pierce's name on them around the state. Um, So we have that history. That's one piece. And a lot of folks reference that history in the good old days when they talk about their politics in a way to not uh, be explicit about their white supremacy, but as a nod to their, you know, the white supremacist roots of this particular state or territory. And then, you know, we have really seen that Oregon, rural Oregon in particular, uh, hasn't seen a whole lot of support over the last 20, 30 years. Uh, There's been, you know, we have a progressive majority, we have a blue majority in the legislature, and as much as we love their politics, we have counties that are losing their schools, we have counties where 911 service isn't dependable, we, I mean, that's part of the reason why paramilitaries really caught on, because it was seen as a rapid response or a community response structure that would fill a void or fill a vacuum that was created by the state really eroding around them. And, you know, a lot of these militia groups and paramilitary groups were advocating for no new taxes at the same time that they were building these pieces of infrastructure. So it really perpetuates some of the the system here. But there's also a lot of folks who feel politically disenfranchised and who are blaming it on progressives in the legislature and at the state level, which that generates a whole level of resentment that is pretty powerful when you cultivate it the way that they have over years and years and years. Right, so for people 
<clears throat> excuse me, for people who are concerned about this and would like to see, or like not to see further development of the white nationalists and militia and patriot movements in Oregon, what can people do? Mm-hmm. Well, what we've seen is folks who are most impacted, folks who are in communities where the patriot movement and the paramilitary groups are most active, you know, we have seen that them coming together and building community around some bottom lines that's everybody in, nobody out, like all for one or one for all uh, kind of situation is really, really pivotal when they're in the midst of it. Uh, not picking sides, not being nitpicky about who's in or who's out, but naming, you know, everyone, including folks who are most targeted, need to be a part of community-building efforts, and we need to all network, and we need to all be connected and communicating effectively moving forward. Uh, for folks who are living outside of some of these kind of hotspot areas, you know, we have counties that are losing their libraries. Douglas County just lost their library, which, you know... <laughs> it might be sound like a leap to connect library closures with the paramilitary groups, but uh, when you really think about where folks go in order to apply for jobs, where folks go, if they don't have a babysitter, where do their kids get sent if they can't afford one? Where do folks go if they can't afford to pick their kids up from school at the school bus that drives their kid two hours each way? Um, I mean, it's just a situation where the libraries are so heavily utilized by folks who are most impacted in this political moment, this economic moment, and the loss of those services is huge. I mean, we also, I feel like it's time for the state to have some real conversations about what what are our bottom lines to each other when you live inside Oregon? I feel like it should be a bottom line that folks, if you call 911, you should get an answer and that there should be a process. I mean, no one at the state level is actually tracking who has or who does not have 911 dispatch. And it is a huge source of insecurity for so many reasons, including folks who are surviving domestic violence situations and rely on 911 in order to be safe. Uh, For folks who have medical emergencies, I mean, that lack of social safety net, even just calling 911 and having a human being answer, is not guaranteed in rural Oregon right now. And we can make a decision as a state to change that. So, will people people talking to their uh, state representatives is is that one step um, that Absolutely. people okay? And then absolutely, if, if people are are wanting, for example, uh, ROP and involvement assistance based on ROP's history of doing this, how would people get in touch with ROP to do that? Great. Yeah, so our website is rop.org, R-O-P as in Rural Organizing Project, uh, and you will find our email addresses, our phone number, give us a holler, and we're always happy to chat more. We're always happy to support folks who are interested in talking to their electeds or folks who are excited to organize in their communities. And R-O-P has, has organizers who are able to cover the entire state, is that correct? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we have a whole team. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, that's right. Uh, several several very experienced organizers. Well, uh, Jessica Campbell, uh, co-director of the Rural Organizing Project, we're going to have to call it a day here. Uh, thank you so much for taking your time to inform us about this very important topic. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yay for KPOB. <laughs> thank you very much, Jessica. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. 
KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcasts at kpov.org.